Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, joined by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran by telephone inside the studio. And Ryan got a packed First in Orange show here today for the folks out there as we focus on Broncos draft options at wide receiver and tight end. And we'll open the discussion, Mr. O'Halloran, with what the Broncos have at wideout. Obviously, we know they got their number one, Cortland Sutton, but all along and really since last season, they've been searching for that number two compliment to Sutton. Yeah, I mean, if you had to sum it up, they got Cortland Sutton and then a bunch of other guys. Right. And that's not good in the NFL. Uh, you need... You know, there's only a couple true number ones in this league. You know, Julio Jones, uh, Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins. But Cortland Sutton is the Broncos' number one. And, you know, they need uh, they need somebody opposite of him as a 1A to take some attention. And, and, I go back, and I go back to that Minnesota game, you know, down in the red zone uh, in the last minute. You know, three shots from inside the 10 for Brandon Allen. He looked Cortland Sutton's way each time. Was double teamed every time. Who else could he throw to? Nobody else got open. So, you know, if you can have another threat that can maybe, you know, make teams have to, you know, take a little bit of attention off Sutton, which Cortland should be able to thrive on. But when you talk about the depth chart at receiver is, you know, Cortland Sutton is the one that after that, in some kind of order, you have Deshaun Hamilton, who's a third-year guy. You have Tim Patrick, who is a third-year guy. Deontay Spencer, who is the leading candidate to be the punt and kick returner. That means he gets a spot on game day. Uh, Juwan Winfrey, his season, this former CU player as a rookie, he never got out of the blocks, uh, was eventually shut down because of an injury. So, you know, as I spell this out, you know, it, you can see why it is, it is a big need and something that they could address at 15. Deshaun Hamilton, Fred Brown, Tim Patrick, among those who were rotating at that number two outside wideout spot opposite Sutton last year. So, Ryan, as you said, definitely a need. And I would imagine that level of need in the minds of John L.A., Vic Fangio, uh, Pat Shermer, etc., has increased considering they're going with Drew Locke. He's their guy. And like you said, you know, mentioning that series last year when they threw three straight ways to Sutton, you don't want to have Drew Locke just have one dynamic stretch the field wide out at his disposal. So I imagine, you know, in this draft, if they're going to address that need because you got to have multiple playmakers for this young QB. Yeah. And, and, a bonus for if they take one in the first two rounds is can this receiver play inside? Uh, you know, Sutton is an outside guy. Deshaun Hamilton can be a little bit more of an inside guy. Tim Patrick is pretty much an outside guy. So it, uh, it's going to be a horses for courses preference, to use a horse racing term, is do the Broncos feel like they need a burner or do they feel like they – are comfortable with another uh, body type of Sutton's elk, you know, six feet plus physical receiver. So that, uh, that plays into, uh, it plays into what they do. The other part is this probably the, the bigger part is this receiver class is loaded. Uh, you know, if they drafted 15, does John Elway feel comfortable? He can get the nearly the same type of receiver in a trade down scenario, or if he waits until 46 in the second round or trades up in the second. So, if, if they feel it's the top three of Lamb, Judy, and Ruggs, and then there's a steep, steep drop-off, maybe they're more inclined to stay put and take you know take who's ever left of those three. If they feel the there's not a lot of separation between the top 
you know, seven or eight or nine or ten receivers, they could trade down and feel like they're still getting a good player. Ryan, you basically summed up the the two big questions facing the Broncos entering this draft. You know, who are the top candidates at, at wide out that they want to target and try and covet? And also, when should they address it with their plethora of picks, you know, 10 picks, and then starting at number 15 overall? You look at the draft board at wideout, and you mentioned some of these guys. It's, uh, you could call it a historically deep wideout class. Uh, C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs from Alabama. You, you got LaVisca Chenault from CU up on that list. Brandon Ayuk from my ASU Sun Devils. So lots of guys to choose from. And like you said, they could wait until the second round and still get a, a very quality plug-and-play piece at wideout. Yeah, and, and, and over the last 10 years, the, the most receivers that be picked in the first round are six. That's happened twice. You know, this year you could you could match that uh, with the with the big three plus Justin Jefferson plus Brandon Ayuk and that plus plus uh, Denzel Mims. I'll ask you about Mims in a second since you wrote about him earlier this week. Um, I, I you know I've watched all these guys with an untrained eye. Uh, at the top, I put Judy because I think he's the most pro ready. He can run the entire route tree. I put Rugg second because he has speed that is at four two seven that is faster than anybody else at the combine. After that, I put Justin, Justin Jefferson. I really liked watching his tape. He does a lot of stuff after the catch, lines it inside outside. CD Lamb is interesting. I put him number four because you know I watched him against Texas. He had a monster game, three touchdowns, ten catches over two hundred yards, but he didn't run a lot of routes. Uh, a lot of bubbles, stuff after the catch. I just, I wasn't blown away. I, he looked to me, he looked more like he could take a, a little bit to get there. So that'd be my top four. But let's say the Broncos trade down. Or let's say the Broncos trade down from 15 to the 20s, and they say, hey, we're gonna go receiver. You know, Denzel Mims from Baylor, six three two oh seven. You know, what was uh, when you wrote about him? What was your takeaway on him? Yeah, Ryan profiled Denzel Mims as part of our Broncos draft board series, which of course you can read at denverpost.com slash Broncos for talking all sorts of prospects that Denver might be interested in here in a few weeks. But Denzel Mims, you know, he he definitely believes he's going to go in the first round. And, and as you said, late first round is a realistic possibility considering how deep uh, this wideout draft is. Now, per pro football focus, he led the nation with 20 contested catches last year. So that's a big point of pride for him, his length. Uh, he's a three-year starter for Baylor, as you mentioned, six foot three, had 28 TDs over his college career. And really, his stock shot up at the Senior Bowl and the NFL Combine because uh, that 22-year-old put on a show both places. And, you know, he was projected maybe second round. Well, now that's shot him up into probably the late first round. Also super speedy. He was a Texas high school state champion, the 200 meters. So uh, he's got the contested catchability. He's got the speed. He's got seemed to have some of the intangibles coming out of Baylor. So he definitely could be a viable option for John Elway there. And if they do trade down, like you said, in the, in the first round. Yeah, Mims ran 44 3 uh, at the combine at 207 pounds. This give you a comparison. CD Lamb ran 4 5 at 196. So it's, uh, you know, Mims is a big guy who can run run really well. Chanel, using the local angle of Colorado, I'd, I, you know, I would be. Uh, I'd be surprised he goes in the first round. There's, you know, there's injury issues. Right. And, there's a lot of injury issues. You know, his production is eye popping, but. Uh, and they also had, you know, some uh, recent surgery along with Ayuk, the Arizona State kid, had uh, also the, the uh, abdominal surgery. So, you know, if you if you wait um, 
until the second round. You know, T. Higgins from Clemson, K.J. Hamler from Penn State, only 5'8 half, but he can run fast. Uh, Chase Claypool from Notre Dame is an interesting prospect, 6'4", 238, so that would fall more in line to the Sutton category. So, it, um, I mean, it's clear the Broncos need to address that early in the draft. You know, the question is going to be first round, like, stay put at 15 or late first round, trade up early second, or stay put at 46. I mean, I think the best spot would be either in a trade-down scenario if you don't take him at 15, uh, because there's going to be a run on receivers, I think, early in the second round. That's been one of the draft trends recently. And you don't want to be sitting there saying, hey, we like these four guys, then they're all gone. You're back to the drawing board. So, you know, I, I think it's a priority, and it's something that, uh, you know, they uh, – should address again folks broncos have 10 picks in the draft number 15 overall 46 overall and then three third round picks also have a fourth round then uh, a few more in the latter round so john elway lots of options at his disposal and we've talked about how they should address the wideout situation but what about tight end ryan of course they have noah fant coming back had a pretty big rookie season last year that could really lead to some promising things here in the future as potential franchise tight end type guy also signed nick vanette in the offseason to shore up that depth but it seems like they might be in position to make a late play in the latter rounds of the draft on day three for some tight end depth as well. Yeah, and that's, that's what's interesting. When, you know, when you come to that conclusion, they have seven tight ends under contract. But, okay, why do they need to draft one? Well, there's questions about the other guys. I mean, you're okay with Fant. The net you're brought on to be the number two. What's Jeff Hireman's future in the second year of his contract? Uh, Jake Butt. Knee issues, believe it when you know, believe it when you see it type thing. Uh, Bug Howard ended the roster. Troy Fumagalli did not, uh, you know, distinguish himself at all last year. Uh, I mean, I think if, if if you have a surplus of day three picks, which means you didn't use any to trade up earlier in the draft, uh, you know, maybe you maybe you try and find a tight end that is in the mold of what Pat Shermer wants, and you can't discount that offensive coordinator has his own ideas for what he wants at that position. So. You know, if they're sitting there in the fifth or sixth or even seventh round, you know, is it a Bryce Hopkins from Purdue? Is it a Jared Pinckney from Vanderbilt? You know, Dalton Keene, the local kid from Virginia Tech, he's projected as a day three guy. So there's going to be tight ends available on the board because it is sort of a, you know, a bottom-heavy class, you know, not in the first round, maybe one or two in the second. So there could be some, uh, some guys that fit what they need definitely on day three. But – it's going to be a guy that, you know, has to provide a little blocking, has to provide a little receiving. And uh, it would be interesting to see what, what guys do they feel check both boxes or do they just want somebody who can check one box and they can develop the other. You caught my ear there with mentioning Dalton King, obviously former Chatfield High School standout, two-way star for the Chargers. And described by many critics, analysts as a sleeper tight end, a good value pick. As a junior, caught 21 passes for 240 yards, five touchdowns. He can block, too. So local kid, local angle to watch there for sure. And, of course, you mentioned several others. But it'll be interesting to see, like you said, so many tight ends under contract. But does the lack of confidence in that depth beyond Fant and Vanette cause John Elway to go out and, and try and you know get a late guy on day three? Yeah, and, I'll, and, and, and a name I should have remembered but didn't was Andrew Beck. Uh, I think he's going to be their H-back. 
uh, because they traded Andy Janovich, so there's no true fullback on the roster. Uh, I think Beck gets a roster spot as a hybrid, plus he can play core special teams. So you know, when, you're, when you're drafting one of these tight ends, it's it's a luxury pick, but maybe you take it down for the for the practice squad. But with Keen, he played he played H back last year uh, for the Hokies, so it uh, you know that versatility could uh, could you know, should land him on a roster. And folks, first in Orange podcast, Ryan O'Halloran alongside Kyle Newman. Appreciate you listening in to the show here today as we discussed. Denver's draft options at wideout and tight end and be sure to head to denverpost.com slash broncos for continued coverage of the team up to and through the NFL draft appreciate you listening in folks and until next time take it easy